officially began for another three minutes. People are so stupid. Gavin Newsom just posted this tweet that said, hey, guess what? There's a Senate bill that has just passed in California, which will ban flavored tobacco, which is a good thing, right? Like, we don't want to encourage people to consume of tobacco and get cancer and all of this other stuff. And not to mention, those flavored tobaccos are specifically geared to kids like that's who they're marketed to and some idiot named slim reaper 2000 slim underscore reaper 2000 on twitter goes congrats you've tested positive for being a tyrant and then the next person can california voters ban governor newsom actually what we did was we voted him into office if you're asking for like a majority rule but this is just me pre-grumming it's the grum that comes right before the grum okay show live show starting i i would like to have it in my um you know thus and so where it shows the box in my twitters okay so that the show this is just pre pregrum just like it's a pun pregrum right pregrum and uh, and just like sexually speaking oh i need to turn my fan on and toward me excuse me but you know, us middle-aged women, we just, we get so warm. We get so warm. I have things to talk about. Okay, so it's five o'clock, so I'm officially starting the grum. We've moved from just some, some snail trail on my penile implant to we're full-on grumming. I'm grumming, I'm grumming. So I have to pull out my notes to remember because I have this all planned. It's all planned. See, this is not a lie. It's all planned for you. Okay, so intro song. It's Alanis Morissette once again because I'm having a moment with her. And really, I only like a handful of songs on this new album, Such Pretty Forks in the Road. But the ones that I like, I really, really like. And this one is called Reasons I Drink. And I thought I would play it to be ironic because Parska, as they say in French, uh, I have not drank. I drank one time in the past 164 days, and that was on my birthday, on my 44th birthday. So here we go. Reasons I don't drink. These are the reasons I drink. The reasons I tell everybody I'm fine, even though I am not. I overdo it I have been working since I can remember Since I was single digits Sick. 
I love you so much. It's it's nice to have this Alanis Morissette, Fiona Apple renaissance during the pandemic. And hello, welcome to my podcast and welcome to 164 days of pandemic death season. You're gonna die soon, you're gonna die soon. It's not cold in here, you're just dying. Too bad. Sorry. So it's, uh, I don't know about you. I mean, depending on what state you live in, if you live in Texas or Florida or Alabama, I don't know, maybe you go get your nails done every day and go to the movie theater and to the dollar cinema and to the dollar tree and you never wear a mask and you give dirty looks to everybody who is wearing a mask. But that's not the case in Southern California. I have been locked down. I only leave my place to walk my adorable faux French Bulldog, who is sleeping by my feet right now, or to go to the grocery store, which I did today. And I don't even get food to eat there. I only buy tampons and maxi pads with wings. Okay, that's what I do at Gelson's. The shit must be done. So, of course, the big news this week is the Republican National Convention, and I did not watch any of it because I don't care. I'm at an age, like, when I was younger, I I would go to a party and I would engage the drunk, coked-up woman at the party about politics, and and we would disagree vehemently, vehemently. Sorry, I had some pronunciation problems there. Maybe I belong on the... RNC stage with all my pronunciation problems, but I, I would I would be coked up too and I would get into it with her. How could you be supportive of George W. Bush? This is the worst governor in Texas history and now he has his side set on the presidency and the coked up girl would come back to me and she'd be like you don't know what freedom means man enough of this 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 predator in the White House is Bill Clinton because that's what the debate was back then right and and I would get into it and it was a form of getting off I was like because I was I was in the debate club in high school and it was just this was cocaine debate they have all these different forms of debate. They have Lincoln-Douglas debate. They have cross-examination debate. They have parliamentar- parliamentary debate. 
they have CETA debate, they have NDT debate, and this was cocaine debate. And it, it like other debate tournaments, it happened on the weekend, but it happened at parties and everybody was coked up because that's what you did in the 90s because things were so prosperous back then during Clinton's presidency. Although I am not one of those Democrats who looks at the Clintons and say, don't, don't come down on them because I think that Bill Clinton likely is a sexual predator and you have to start in your own backyard, right? And so I, I was annoyed when they trotted them out to speak at the DNC. I was just like, oh gosh, don't, know. It's kind of like if you go to a Thanksgiving dinner and you say, I'll go as long as Uncle Leo isn't going to be there. And then Uncle Leo shows up and you're like, Mom, you promised me. It's like I was watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills last night and Denise Richards doesn't want to be anywhere around Brandy Glanville because Brandy Glanville claimed that they had a sexual liaison and Denise denies it. And, and so Denise didn't go to the finale party. And because she knew, she knew what producers would do. She knew that producers would t completely, completely screw her over, right? And, and, and that, oh, no, no, she's not going to be there. Brandy's not going to be there. And of course, Brandy shows up. And all the other women act surprised, right? Like, oh, my gosh, we didn't realize that Brandy was going to come up. But Denise, sharp enough to call it, sharp enough to call it. And I know, being on a reality show a decade ago, producers get exactly what they want in order to manipulate the situation and make you go fucking crazy. Ten years ago. Oh my gosh, these clips are so loud. I'm just, I'm okay when it comes to uh, technology, but getting the sound levels right is on a soundboard, it, that, that must be too much for me. Speaking of too loud, one of the speakers at the, the convention was... What's her name? Kimberly Guilfoy. I think that's her name. Now, she used to be... This is some Real Housewife stuff. She used to be married to Gavin Newsom, and then they got a divorce. And Gavin Newsom, who is the governor of, of California now, at the time, he was the uh, mayor of San Francisco, and he was one of the earliest mayors to be pro-gay rights. Uh, uh, not gay rights, but marriage equality. And he's hot. I'm sexually attracted to him. So that does color the way that I view him but I, I I'm very into my I've had a long crush on him long crush and so they got divorced and then he remarried and he's very happy with his current wife and then she she got if we're going to use housewives as a metaphor sometimes you're like sometimes you're one of the primary real housewives on the real housewives of Beverly Hills you get to hold a diamond or on Atlanta you get to hold a peach and then if you don't do well on your season if you don't know how to bring it, you're not interesting enough, you get demoted. And you instead of being one of the regular cast members, you're like a friend of the housewives. And that's what happened to her because now, in order to make herself relevant, she's dating the uh, Donald Trump Jr., one of the spawn of Satan. So that's who she's dating now, okay? And she delivered this fiery speech. I'm just going to play a minute and a half. I know you've already heard about it, but it is very screamy, cringy. Now, you have to keep in mind that, and I teach public speaking, and I'm a public speaker myself. So if you're in a, if you are have, if you're speaking in front of a ton of people, then you have to project. Sing out, Louise, right? But, if there's literally nobody else in the room except for the camera person because we're in the middle of a pandemic, there's no need to do the histrionics. Everybody hears you just fine. You're mic'd up, okay? So this is a minute and a half of her rambling, her allegedly cocaine-induced crazy rambling. America, it's all on the line. President Trump believes in you. He emancipates and lifts you up to live your American dream. You are capable, you are qualified, you are powerful, and you have the ability to choose your life and determine your destiny. Don't let the Democrats take you for granted. Don't let them step on you. Don't let them destroy your families, your lives, and your future.
Don't let them kill future generations because they told you and brainwashed you and fed you lies that you weren't good enough. Like my parents, you can achieve your American dream. You can be that shining example to the world. Manifest and be the change in this country that you dream, that you hope, that you believe in. Stand for an American president who is fearless, who believes in you, and who loves this country and will fight for her. President Trump is the leader who will rebuild the promise of America and ensure that every citizen can realize their American dream. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Come on my tits. <laughs> I used to have this clip from a porno where a woman said, oh, I need, I want you to come on my tits. And I, I couldn't find it. But the best is yet to come. I love how she starts off and she's like, he is an emancipator. That Her speech that she just delivered is basically the emancipation cocaine clamation. Okay, that's what she just delivered. And then Don, Dr Don Jr. came up all bleary eyed and red eyed and it white powder coming from his nose and snarling. It, it was very, it's, it's very odd. It's very, 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 very odd. Like, why are you screaming? Why are you screaming? Because I'm damn mad. Because she's damn mad. She's mad. It, it was like a bitter, like an angry, angry. That was directed at, at Gavin Newsom. That's the same tone she took at uh, their divorce hearings. Because I'm damn mad! That's right. I just want to play the very tail end, like the last 14 seconds of that speech because it's just so crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the- Okay, and I like the way she says, America, America, it's America. And she takes a little nummy. That's when you stick your finger into the cocaine bag and you just- Oh, numbs up my gums. It numbs up my gums. Her and Don Jr. rolling up $1,000 bills, taking little key bumps. Do I look good? Do I look ready? Yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. I love that. Let's just do that part. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Oh my gosh, I got off. I got off. I could end the show now. I need, honey, I need a cigarette. I haven't smoked in 15 years, but I need a cigarette after that. Woo! Woo! I love it. It makes me want to, it makes me want to deliver a speech at the RNC with the same energy and, 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 and vigor. <laughs> Trump is the only man in the world who can save us from the situation he alone has put us in. When they say the United States of America is number one, we are. We are number one in, in, in contractions of this disease during this pandemic. We are number one in gun-related shootings and deaths. We are the number one coronavirus death capital of the universe. And believe me, we can get greater. We can see more looting, more death on the streets. The entire United States of America will run blood red. The U.S. is here, and the best lady is yet to come. 
to come yet, yet to come best is yet the best the best the best is yet to come the best the best dream 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 the best is yet to come to come to come to come to come <laughs> sorry now i understand why match weinstein was so into cycling i'm so into cycling i do i do just i'm fascinated by the the pathos of it all there's no plan they they, they proudly boast that they have no plan they talk about how how Biden's America will be this like dreary hellscape. Meanwhile, we're in a dreary hellscape that is the direct product of this administration. Uh, but the thing is, is that when you're talking to people in terms of pathos and drama and emotion, logic doesn't even like to me, it's like an enthymeme. I teach enthymemes whenever I go over classical rhetoric in ancient Greece. And 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 the meme is something that's implied in the argument. It's like a syllogism is if A equals B and B equals C, then A is C, right? So if all men are mortal and Socrates is a man, Socrates is mortal, right? But with an enthymeme, something's implied. So like, for instance, when he says, make America great again, what's implied there? The, the implication is that America is somehow not great and that he's going to be the person to fix it. But right, when you say that things are bad in America right now, do they not understand that they are the manufacturers of how terrible things are right now? Like when when they're talking about these the rioting and the looting in the streets and stuff like that, this is under your watch. This is under your watch. It's happening now, but again, logic it doesn't matter to people who are completely irrational. It's like you're speaking a completely different language to them. Okay, so that is what um, I wanted to say about her. Another RNC speaker who I thought was hilarious is this woman named Pam Bondi who I've always hated. She's this blonde, glassy-eyed doorstop politician from the state of Florida who has donated to Trump, so Trump likes her. And she, again, I mean, this is just ridiculous. Pam Bondi gives that she was the one who was tasked with speaking at the RNC about nepotism <laughs> among the Bidens. So here's just a little bit of what Pam Bondi had to say. I always, whenever I tweet about her I, I, and I tag her, I say, Sea Hag Pam Bondi, because that's exactly what she is. She's a Sea Hag. Listening to the stories of discoveries and deliverance, you can't help but be proud to call this country home. Okay, she sounds a little bit like. Drew Barrymore when she's saying that. She's like, listening to the stories of sacrifice and liberty and opportunities, you can't, you just needed to call America him. What else does she Corruption. And I know what okay, it looks hold like. On, hold on. Opportunity. As a career prosecutor and former attorney general of Florida, I fought corruption. And I know what it looks like whether it's done by people wearing pinstripe suits or orange jumpsuits. Good line, Pam. As the, at the Democrats' convention, we were told to look at Joe Biden as the model of integrity. But when you look at his 47-year career in politics, the people who benefited are his family members, <laughs> not the American people. Let's take a closer look. Let's. We all know about Joe's son, Hunter Biden, a corrupt Ukrainian oligarch put Hunter on the board of his gas company, even though he had no experience in Ukraine or in the energy sector. None. None. Yet he was paid millions to do nothing. Nothing. None. He only had one qualification that mattered. He was the son of the man in charge of distributing USAID to Ukraine. When millions of Americans voted for Donald Trump, they knew he'd be different. And he is. He's a tough, no-nonsense outsider who can't be bought or intimidated. He won't even take a paycheck from the American people. He donates his paycheck to charities across this country. 
Democrats have been lecturing America about integrity for four years, while their nominee has been writing the textbook on abuse of power textbook. for 40 years. Yeah. If they want to make this election a choice between who's saving America and who's swindling America, bring it on. Joe says he'll build back better. Yeah, build the Bidens back better. <laughs> Our president is in this to build a safer, better, and stronger America. Yeah, build the Bidens back better. Good alliteration, Becky. Now, just to give you an idea of how hypocritical this was, how tone deaf it is, her speech, Pam Bondi's speech, which was all about how nepotism is bad, was immediately followed up with Tiffany Trump speaking at the Republican National Convention. And in fact, yeah, hello. And oh, um, hold on, let me get the music. Hello. I'm like Tiffany Trump. And I've been working to get my fashion degree and law school at the AT&T Donald Trump Culinary Arts and Legal Academy. And what I've noticed is that my dad is very strong and he doesn't believe in things like nepotism and maps and whatnot and thus and so. So there's really only one choice and I just want to thank Pam Bondi for pointing out that the Bidens are all about nepotism. Oh, I can see that they only gave me 20 seconds to speak because we also have to get through my brother, Eric Trump, my other brother, Donald Trump, and the prettier sister, Ivanka Trump. And that's gonna be followed up with all of my brothers and sisters, girlfriends, boyfriends, and lovers speaking. And. And I'm being kind of funny, but kind of not, because that was the case. Every single one of the Trump children, even the redheaded stepchild, spoke at the RNC. No qualifications. And then not only do all the kids speak at the RNC, all of their lovers speak at the RNC, whether they be husbands, wives, um, uh, Kimberly Guilfoy, just the girlfriend. I'm the girlfriend this month. I'm, we've been dating this year, so I'm going, I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak about stuff and things, and I'm going to do it loud. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream. Nepotism is bad, and Pam Bondi is going to speak more about this later. How people should not just be given positions to speak at this convention just because they are related to the president or sleeping with somebody who is also related to the president. Okay? The best is yet to come. Man, Jesus Christ, these people are just so... They're such hypocrites. There's such inconsistency to what they're saying. I mean, I, uh, I just don't even know. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, whatever, 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 whatever. Pam Bondi is just, um, she's annoying. She's just inherently annoying. <laughs> Gonna listen to her talking in her videos. And I just, I, I don't like her at all. In fact, if she went to my high school, she would be the back brace girl. Oh, it's the back brace girl. Hi, back brace girl. <laughs> Hi, back brace girl. We gotta do that again. Oh, it's the back brace girl. Hi, back brace girl. Hi, Pam. Hi, back brace girl. I wanna get just that one part where they say, Hi, back brace girl. Hi, back brace girl. Hi, Pam. It's the hey, Pam. Hi, Pam. Pam Bondi, the back brace girl. The back brace girl, girls. Hi, back brace girl. That's right. Say it faster next time. Just say it faster. Or you know who else she is? She reminds me of Lisa, this baby's sister from from Dirty Dancing, the one who does the hula hana. So we just had to do that because I do like the, you know, I love doing the hula hop. And next, hold on. 
And our next speaker at the RNC is going to be the former attorney general of the state of Florida, Pam Bondi, playing Lisa, baby sister from Dirty Dancing. She will be, instead of speaking, we've asked her to sing the Hulahana song, okay? Go, Pam, do it. Nepotism's bad. When you have a love that gives, she wants, you'll hear her say, Oh, Lord. Bring me a pineapple that doesn't sting, a bird that swims, a fish that sings, a wanna. I want a wanna. Bring me a volcano that blows a bowl of molten jama and a food banana. Hi, Vivian. When Big Mo. Okay, and then this whole thing between Vivian Mo and <laughs> Vivian. Oh my God, this is such a great segue. Vivian Mo, their husband and wife, right? But she hires, he hires Patrick Swayze to give dancing lessons, which is really Patrick Swayze hooking up with the wife, which is a perfect segue to what I want to talk about next with uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. and his wife Becky. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go back. Okay. That's Becky Falwell speaking to Patrick Swayze, Giancarlo. Back to Pam Bondi. This is this would have made such a better RNC and more truthful, more honest. You're doing great, Pam. Four, five. Oh, excuse me, sir. The pirate number is next. Oh yeah, thanks. Hey, kid. You know I play cards all weekend and I got an all-night game tonight. Why don't you uh, give my wife some extra dance lessons? Oh, thanks, Mr. Falwell. I'll give her more pool lessons, more swimming lessons, more dancing lessons. But then again... Oh. I'm sorry, Mr. Pressman, but I'm booked up the whole weekend, you know, with the show and everything, so I won't have time for anything else. And I don't think it'd be fair to take the money. right in front of Becky Falwell, who did not like that, because... Oh, really good job. Really good job, Pam. I've decided tonight's the night with Robbie. He doesn't even know yet. He doesn't even know yet. He doesn't. Oh, hey, Lisa. Hey, Lisa, don't do that. Yeah. See, he doesn't want to hook up with your wife because he's dating somebody who has more substance, like Kamala Harris, okay? Just saying. Okay, so as I was saying, this is my segue into the Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, and his wife Becky scandal. So if you don't know, if you haven't already heard, it's so fascinating to me. He has a cuck fetish, Jerry Falwell Jr., so... He stayed at the Fountain Blue Hotel, which this is so funny. This is like a full circle moment for me because when I first started watching Dirty Dancing, which came out in the 80s, during Christmas, I would go to Miami every year for Christmas with my family. <coughs> and we stayed at the Doral Hotel, which was just a few hotels down from the Fountain Blue, where Giancarlo Granda worked. And Giancarlo Granda was a pool boy there or you know somebody who worked in the pool area would get you a cabana you know like whatever and so the Falwells struck up a friendship with them and then he started sleeping with Becky Falwell and here's how he describes the situation this was not like by the way a secret affair like Jerry Falwell was in the room watching him nail his wife and like got off on it this is what Giancarlo said or Giancarlo I should say um Jerry was lying on the bed. He was drunk. He was giggling. This is like me. It's like a, a, a sissy bottom. Like, oh my God, it's, oh my God, you're going to have sex right now. Oh my God, what did you do? Uh, and again, I'm kind of weirded out at this moment. Granda said on Friday on Good Morning America, as we all do after we have sex. Uh, I said, hey, if at any point you get jealous or you want me to back off, just let me know and I'll walk out of here. And Falwell Jr. responded, no, 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 no. Just go for it. <sighs> what a great husband. Yeah, fuck her. Yeah, just fuck her right in the pussy. I mean, this is awful. Um, 
And then he said, Giancarlo said, I don't want to go too much into the details, but let's just say that he, Jerry Falwell Jr., enjoyed watching. So he has this, this, uh, this cuck fetish and in, in, in right, extreme right wing corners of the universe, the multiverse, I should say. Cucking is like, a, I guess, a bad thing. I, I don't understand the whole signification of cucking, but it, cucking is like when you want a stronger man to be the one sexually dominating your wife. I think that's what it is. But at any rate, I mean, the, it's so funny to me. And, and I don't care what the Falwells do sexually. If they want... They want to screw everybody in their neighborhood and have key parties and have sex with all the people who work for them. Go go to the country's best yogurt and have sex with all of the young men who work there as long as they are of legal age. Go for it. I don't care. My problem is that you open a quote-unquote Christian university where if you're gay, you're not allowed to be in it. You'll be kicked out. You preach this uh, family values bullshit and try to demonize other people for their desires when you're doing shit like this, when your version of Christianity is literally like Benny Hill Christianity. I mean, it's ridiculous. That's what I imagine. Like, this is the theme song. You know how universities have songs? Like, we at the University of Texas, we have the eyes, Texas are upon you all the live long day. The Liberty University, they're fucking, literally, they're fucking. They're, you go to the health center and the men are chasing the nurses around the bed. It's like a fucking episode of Benny Hill and he thinks he's trying to position himself as this moral authority and it's just it's gross I don't like it yes seed her is this okay I can back off no do it do it yeah stick your penis right in her vagina yeah can I come up and sniff can I come up and sniff I'm sorry to me you're not into that unless you're also into guys at least a little bit, which is fine. But don't try to assert this whole anti-gay, anti-trans agenda, family lifestyle, one man, one woman for the rest of their life. You know what I'm saying. I'm beating a dead horse right now. And I don't want to do that because I like horses but I do not like Jerry Falwell Jr. So I hope he gets a lot of egg on his face. I hope that, you know, he'll come back and he'll say, oh, forgive me for my sins. Oh God, Jesus has made. And he'll make even more money because this is the, it's the circle of life with these hucksters, these fake religious figures. Uh, so something that I wanted to show that I really liked is my friend Mike Mount sent me a link I don't do TikTok. I know my friend Debbie loves a TikTok. I thought they banned TikTok. I thought that, oh, here it is. No. I thought that President Trump, I can't believe, that never seems right saying that. President Trump. I thought that he, he banned it. But at any rate, there's somebody, there's a guy on YouTube. I don't know why it's not letting me show it. Let me try it on Twitter. You know, it just would not be my show anymore if there wasn't a ton of problems with my setup. My mini Madge Weinstein now. Okay, let's see if I can get... I'm so hungry right now. I could really eat a banana, if you know what I mean. Becky Falwell's like, oh, I know what you mean. You want to go to the pool? Maybe we can eat some bananas by the pool. Wink, wink. Okay, so there's this guy on TikTok, and his name is Lit Ass TJ. Great name. I like it. And he does like a dub, like a lip sync to me, chewing out Rachel from my season. So let's see if we can get it to play. I think it's very good. He does it so deadpan. That's what makes it so good. If you don't like me and I don't like you, go someplace where somebody in this house Hold on, it's too loud on my speakers. Ugh. Ugh, God, why does every... Yeah. Because I'm a nasty, disgusting 
vile Absolutely. What do you think you are, Reagan? I think I'm a nice person with friends in this house. Who is your friend? Princess Brittany is your friend? Yep. Nobody in this house is your real friend, Reagan. Nobody... What? Why? Why is everything difficult for me? All I want to do is watch this. I need a new computer. I guess while I'm waiting for this stuff to load, we'll rewatch you. We'll rewatch you, lit ass TJ, if you're watching this. So we get the full thing. Okay, I don't want this to play, so you can stop. So I wanted my mom to get me a new, because she has all these points on her credit card, but I was thinking I could get a new computer, but she's just shy of what I need. But that's probably for the better. If you don't like me and I don't like you, go someplace where somebody in this house actually likes you. Oh, wait, but you by know yourself. Likes me. Yeah. Because I'm a nasty, disgusting, vile. Absolutely. Vampire. What do you think you are, Megan? I think I'm a nice person with friends in this house. Who is your friend? Princess Brittany is your friend? Yep. Nobody in this house is your real friend, Megan. Nobody likes you in real life. Really? This is a game. If this is your gameplay, you really suck at it. Rachel, you were out of the house last week. Uh, the last person I would take lessons from is you for 24 hours. You're here for a limited time because your boyfriend did a Pandora's box and unleashed something horrible in the house. Wake up. Your days of bullying me are over. You're a conniving, evil little witch, and you got exactly what was coming to you. Talking to you is like talking to the most vile devil child in the world. And I'm done with it, baby, because I'm done with you. Because your game in this house is over. If you don't like me and I don't like you, go someplace where somebody in this house actually likes you. Stop it. We got it. We got it. I, uh, oh, that makes me feel sad because I actually do like Rachel a lot now. So I don't like seeing us fight with one another. But that guy's video is so good. I mean, he memorized the whole thing, the whole monologue he memorized. Like, it was a Shakespearean monologue. Like, I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, we had to memorize a Shakespeare monologue, and then we had to recite it in English class. And that's what he did. But instead of Shakespeare, it was me reading somebody. I just, I love it. I'm very into that. So, bravo to you. I hope you got a ton of likes on... Uh, TikTok and and I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I just think that you're fabulous for doing that. Okay, so I'm checking that off my box. What's next? How long have I been speaking? 45 minutes. Well, I've got 15 more minutes of content at least. Oh, so I subscribe to a website called Lifehacker and Lifehacker is a bunch of life hacks just like the name implies and they have this story saying how to know if you're an asshole because there's a community on reddit and the community is called am i the asshole and what they do is somebody will come on and they'll write a scenario and be like okay this is how it worked out this person said this to me i said this to them who is the asshole here like if you don't know and then the the readers of Reddit, the Redditors, they will chime in and they'll say, this is who I think the asshole is. You're the asshole or that person's the asshole, right? So Lifehacker created these four basic, or yeah, four benchmark questions to ask yourself to figure out if you're an asshole. And I liked them, but I wanted to add on to them. So the first benchmark is, do you return the grocery cart to the appropriate place in the parking lot? And there's a whole... A whole YouTube video is called Cart Narcs, and the whole premise of it is this guy who busts people in the parking lot, I think primarily in California, when they don't return it to the appropriate place, which really is an asshole move because those things have wheels, they roll into other people's cars. It's like, come on, just walk a minute. It won't even take you a minute to do it, to return your cart to the appropriate place, right? And so I was going to play video of him antagonizing these people because it's really funny. He really gets under their skin. He created magnets that he attaches to people's car and they go ape shit crazy. What are you doing? Don't put a magnet on my car! And it's amazing. So if you haven't seen Cart Narcs, you should definitely check that out on YouTube. But I do. I return my cart. I do. It's the least that I can do. Another question, do you litter? I do not litter. I mean, I only litter my dirty tampons. 
because like when you gotta get rid of it, you gotta get rid of it. I, but the, the litter in West Hollywood is fucking disgusting. And it's not just regular litter. It is like litter on steroids. There's a whole trend of people. I don't know if to, trend is the right word where they pee in bottles and water bottles. Like they're hanging out in their car they pee in the water bottle and then they just throw it on the side of the street. So you walk by all these things that you think are like lemon lime Gatorades and water bottles or beer and water bottles and it's fucking piss and it's disgusting. But I don't litter. I littered once when I was in maybe a freshman in high school. I threw a bag of, uh, it was a lot, like a, an entire bag of fast food at the window of a car in Galveston and we got busted immediately and ever since then I do not litter. But I'm in the minority. I have a whole slate of pictures that I've taken during the pandemic of people who take off their mask and throw them on the ground and their dirty gloves. And it's fucking gross. This is a pandemic. Okay, at any rate, the third question is, do you let people off the train before you? Now, this is the only one that I would fail and I would be the asshole. We don't really have trains in Los Angeles, not normalized the way it is in San Francisco or in New York. So, and I have a car, but if I'm in an elevator, no, I don't wait for everybody else to get off because typically, especially women, I hate to be sexist, but you let them off before you and then they stop and they open up their bag and get out a lipstick or a chapstick. So I know with me, I, I get off the elevator and I just, I almost run. I speed walk. I mall walk. So that's the one case where I may be the jerk. The next, the fourth benchmark is do you curb your dog, which I never really understood what that meant. What does it mean? And I think it basically means... Like, do you pick up after your dog? Do you keep your dog on a leash? Um, I think that's basically, I don't know why they call it curb. Maybe like if you're in a city like Manhattan and your dog has to poop, do you make your dog go closer to the curb to poop so you're not interfering with traffic? I don't know, but I, I do clean up after my dog. I do, I do. Do. I do do. I do do do. And then I thought, okay, well, there are other benchmark benchmark morks that we could ask, okay? Another benchmark that I think determines if you're an asshole or not is do you talk on a speakerphone in public? That to me drives me crazy, especially when people are outside and I'm like walking my dog. I don't want to hear your fucking phone conversation. I don't want to hear it. You're in a public space. Put the phone up to your ear if you want to have a conversation or put earbuds in. I don't want to hear. And what? What? Maybe you're having a hard time hearing them because you can only hear their part of the audio over speakerphone rather than putting it directly up to your ear, asshole. You're the asshole there. Another uh, benchmark that I created, a Reagan Fox benchmark, is do you do unnecessary shit in your car when somebody's waiting on your space? So if, if the parking lot is full... This happens at work a lot and I'm driving around for like an hour trying to find a parking space and then you get in your car. This happens all the time and it's women. Again, I hate to be sexist, but a man gets in the car and he's like, oh, somebody's waiting for me. Let me get out of there as soon as possible. That's how I treat the situation. A woman sees that you, you're waiting. It will take her five minutes to even turn the ignition on in her car. She opens up her purse, takes out a Werther's original, unwraps it, puts it in her mouth. It's like, mm, you know what? I'm not in the mood for a Werther's. Wraps it back up, spits it in the package, takes out a peppermint, and does, no, you know what? Okay, never mind. I don't want, I think I want gum. Spits it out, takes out the gum puts a little top coat on her nails, does her makeup. It's like 20 minutes into this. And I'm like, will you please go? You can see that somebody is waiting for you. If you have to do all this stuff, by all means, do it. Just pull out of the spot, sit your car where you're not taking up a spot and let me in. It's just about not being an asshole, really being courteous of the other people around you. Um, another one, do you play with wrappers, candy wrappers, and popcorn bags at movie theaters? Are you one of those people who's constantly shaking your bag? That stuff is irritating to me. I have what Madge calls mesothelioma. I don't think that's what it's called. I think that's a breathing problem, but me something, loma, where you get annoyed 
when people make unnecessary sounds, and that's me. Uh, oh, speaking of Madge, here's another asshole test. Do you cancel culture, your entire Facebook community that you created, then shame people when they don't want to sign up for your new message community, Madge? Is that what you do? Because she, on her last show, she acted like, I don't listen to her show. I do listen to her show. Every show. I love Madge. Not just as a podcaster, but as one of my, what I would consider to be dear friends. And, oops, I don't know what that noise was. And, and, and she said, I don't know if Reagan's listening to my show because he hasn't joined this group. Well, Mary, I have joined you on so many platforms from Discord to EO or whatever that one was multiple times on Facebook. And you know what? You, you're not going to get my follow this time. I will listen to your podcast, but I will not be a part of a community after you just torched the community of loyal followers that you had. You, it's going to take more. It's going to take more. I, you've broken the trust, Madge. You've broken the trust. Um, another Madge one. Are you an asshole? Or are you not? Do you lie about having a wheel for a left foot? See, I've been saying for years that Madge Weinstein has a wooden hand. Her right hand is not real. It's wooden. And she also has uh, her left foot. I know in some photos it looks like she has a left foot, but that's just a screw-on foot. She could screw it off, and she can screw the wheel on, and that's what she does. And she's trying to deny it on her show, and I, I don't like it. I feel personally attacked. So there you go. That's, that's where I stand with Madge these days. That's, it's a whole new Eat This Hot Show controversy. Uh, okay, so I've been on Noom. How many days have I been on Noom? I don't have my, I think over 50 days now. And here's my Noom inside of the week. I weighed in at 159 point something, and I started at 175 almost 60 days ago. So that's really great, even though I'm dying for some a snack right now. And... Um, something that I wanted to share with you that has been really great on my journey is mindfulness when it comes to eating. And I've had to do mindfulness activities and cognitive behavioral therapy to help cope with my anxiety. And so this is what I mean when I say mindfulness with eating. A lot of times I would just kind of go on autopilot whenever I was eating. So if I had a baked potato, I would automatically load it up with as much cheese as I could cram into the potato and sour cream and butter, and I would eat it like that. And it just felt incomplete to me. And same thing with sweet potatoes with corn. I would just get tons of butter and, and, and Lowry seasoning salt on it. And what I've been doing now is I, if I eat a potato, I eat it plain. Or the better example is corn on the cob. I don't put anything on it. I just I heat it up in the microwave. And so I'll probably grow a third testicle from doing that. And I eat the corn on the cob plain. And it's delicious. I don't miss anything. I'm not like, God, this would be so much better with so much butter on it. Right. And so it's just kind of being mindful of the things that we're trained to do to just add stuff to food because we think it's going to make it taste infinitely better, but it's not. It's not better, it's just more. Although a fully loaded baked potato is pretty good, I do have to admit. So that's where I'm at with Noom. Nooming, my Noom cult, as Debadrill calls it. Um, okay, the last couple things that I want to talk about. My mom, I said it was her 75th birthday. She actually turned 76 on Monday. And I got her a really pretty bouquet of flowers and this this paint-by-numbers watercolor of Frida Kahlo because she loves Frida Kahlo. She loves Frida Kahlo. And I said, oh, Mom, I, I'm so sad. I want to spend your birthday with you because normally she flies out to L.A. and we spend her birthday together. And she said, well, you know, Reg... Dwayne, who's my stepfather, said that he would he would get you a private jet if you and Pam, who is my stepsister, who lives in Santa Barbara, if y'all wanted to come, then he'll get you he'll charter you a plane for you to do that. And I just no. I mean, I want to see you, but like I don't want to. First of all, a charter plane sounds so excessive. Like, 
no, let's not do that. Why not just give me a new computer? How about that? But it's not one of those things where you can say, okay, I'm not going to come see you on the chartered plane, but get me a computer instead. I can't really do that. And I like Pam. I like my stepsister. She's le she's lesbian, so she's family. Um, she's very sweet and she's very kind, but we just don't have very much to talk about. We don't have the same interests. We're not part of the same generation. Maybe she's Generation X, but she's very... Um, like the older side of Generation X, and I'm the the younger side. I mean, maybe she even is a baby boomer. I mean, what are we going to talk about on a plane with just the two of us for three and a half hours? Find your clitoral hood, which protects the clitoris, which is the most sensitive part on a woman's entire body. That's Just great, Pam. The labia Pam. majora, yes. which we also call the outer lips. Okay. The labia minora, which sometimes you'll hear called the inner lips. Okay. Are they too big? Are they too little? Why is one side bigger than the other? Uh -huh. You've got the urethra, which is where women pee from. And uh, that's it's... important to know. So you don't pee from your clitoris. You don't pee from the vagina. Oh. You pee from the urethra. Okay. Like, I can't deal with that for three and a half hours on a flight. Okay. And I re I'm just joking. I know that lesbians talk about more than just female anatomy. I mean, it's not like gay men only talk about male anatomy. It's not like, and what do you have to contribute to the conversation, Reagan? Balls, balls, and the head of a penis. And it can look like a mushroom, but if it's uncut, it looks just like a, like an anteater. Like an anteater. Can you believe that? And sometimes balls could smell musky, and but sometimes that can be hot. Other times it's not so hot. It kind of depends on how physically attracted to the guy you are. Of course, I'm just I'm just kind of saying this all for humorous effect. I realize that there are other things that we could talk about. I mean, of course, my greatest fear would be that we just wouldn't talk about anything with one another. That that is my fear. She's like when I was 18 years old. She saw me out in Houston, and I was like, hey, why don't we go to a, like, we made an appointment, uh, not an appointment, we said, uh, made a date to meet at a coffee house, and I didn't show up, because I was an 18-year-old jerk, but all these years later, how many years later is that? Hold on, let me, let me see. What is 44 minus 18? It's not going to tell me. Hold on, 44 minus 18. 26 years later, she'll still bring it up. It happened 26 years. Okay, thank you, Siri, for doing nothing because you're awful. Um, so salons may open on Monday. I'm getting mixed messages from Gavin Newsom. So now I know what it's like to be Kimberly Guilfoy because he came out and said that the salons will be open and then somebody's saying that in Los Angeles somebody's saying that's not true and so I'm like ah I need it because I need to get my hair bleached it's getting very 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 dark and I need K not ketamine I need keratin straighten it out I need to go see Leandro who does my hair he also French braids my pubic hair and he does it with his teeth he's an expert um, okay, so the very last thing that I want to talk to you about is the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which I think I may have mentioned at the beginning of this show. Yeah, I did. I've mentioned it throughout, throughout, mentioned it throughout the show. And Lisa Rinna is on this season of the Real Housewives. And I just, I love her. Hold on. Let's see if I can find this little clip. I love Elisa Renna. Lisa Renna told me that I'd have fun. Didn't. <laughs> Lisa Renna told me that I'd have fun. Didn't. So good. So. <laughs> so she is at war with Denise Richards right now, and they're fighting over their friendship. And she delivers this line. She goes, "Ooh, you're so angry, Denise." And I, the delivery of it is just so A plus. You have to hear it. Cease and desist. <laughs> Do you want the footage taken out? Who told you that? <laughs> Who told you that? Oh, you're so angry. <laughs> no, you like me. Yeah, 
God, that was me last night watching it. Ooh, you're so angry. So in the very last episode, what they do is they go see Erica Jane. And this this was made me really sad. Um, she, she gets to star as Roxy Hart on Broadway, and she really is quite good. She's not one of these housewives who doesn't have talent. She can sing. You hear her singing the, the name on everybody's lips is gonna be Roxy. So she started that in either, I think in January. And then of course COVID happened. So she spent all that time rehearsing for it. And she only got to play the role for a couple months, which was really heartbreaking for me. And that's what the finale, that was the last minutes of the final episode. And uh, but so she's been singing that Roxy Hart song for the last couple of episodes. And every time I sing it, I can't help but make it dirty, make it gay and queer and dirty. So every time she starts to sing it, this is what I sing. I go, the name on everybody's lips is going to be Reagan. The bottom with hungry D-filled hips is going to be Reagan. I'm going to be a compiggy. That means somebody everyone tops. They're going to recognize my thighs, my pecs, my sex, my pits and face. Ooh, I'm a whore. And the muscle boys love me. And I love them for fucking me and they fuck me for fucking them and we screw each other and that's we ho kids kids so i thought i would end the show today thank you very much for tuning in and by the way i'm gonna i'm gonna play the roxy Hart song from chicago um as as we um wind things down but please join my facebook group and follow me on on youtube that's i'm trying to get an audience on youtube i would love to have a thousand followers on youtube that's what i want it's what all the kids are doing I'm, i'm producing videos on youtube i just did one where i wax my nose hairs and my ear hairs so becky falwell and jerry falwell jr if you're into that too You can go on my YouTube. It's only like a six minute long video, but it's very entertaining. It's very entertaining. And of course, come on to Facebook and and join my Facebook community, which is called Fox in the City colon the Foxhole, a fan group for Reagan Fox's podcast. And if you're part of that community, you have to let me know that you like what you're hearing, because otherwise, when I hear crickets and not cricket wireless, when I hear nothing, no feedback, I just assume that I'm not doing well. And for instance, I think today's show was really great. I guess it didn't really work out too great for Fred either. So I gave up on the whole vaudeville idea. Because you can't figure after all those years. Opportunities just passed you by. And now, if this one guy gets involved, with all this publicity, I got me a world full of yes! The name on everybody's lips is gonna be Roxy. The lady raking in the chips is gonna be Roxy. I'm gonna be a celebrity that means somebody everyone knows. And I'll appear in a lavalier that goes all the way down to me.
And they love me for loving them, and I love them for loving me. And we love each other. And that's because none of us got enough love in our childhoods. And that's showbiz. Kid. She's giving up her humdrum life. I'm gonna be singing. Roxy. She made a scandal and a star. And Sophie took her own shit I know to see her name get filled below. Roxy Hart. Roxy.